Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm William. And we are happy to be here. We're happy to have you here. And we're going to talk about some spooky stuff. Absolutely. That's right. Every week, Guide to the Unknown comes out. Kristen and I do research about topics from the world of horror and then come together to tell each other the, uh, the, the true story behind monsters, urban legends, and all manner of things. That's right. Uh, before we get into the show itself, mm-hmm. uh, we've got something very special to talk about, very exciting to talk about. Yeah. You know this show uh, from Liz Sauer, Ghosts in the Burbs. Uh, she's talked about Guide to the Unknown on her show. We've talked about Ghosts in the Burbs here on our show. We love Liz. Yes. Uh, Liz, very surprisingly, suddenly mm-hmm. released a book. Yeah. Claire, Ghost in the Burbs, volume one. Yes. Yeah, so, Out now, right this second. Yeah. So you can go to Amazon and find it. Um, I posted on our Guide to the Unknown social media last week um, a repost of Liz's Posts, they post more about Claire, so you can find it through that. Or if you just go to Amazon.com and search for Ghosts in the Burbs Claire, I'm sure it'll come up. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and not that these things necessarily matter that much, but it's doing very well. Good, it should yeah, be. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Yeah, so there are two, I think just two, I could be wrong if any of you Ghosts in the Burbs, but meh. Ghosts in the Burbs historians want to correct me. There are two episodes of Ghosts in the Burbs that are about the story of Claire. They're episodes 8 and 16. Because I went back and re-listened to them to kind of like prime myself for reading the book, which I learned that you don't have to do. Like, so those scenes are within the book, Claire. There's obviously a lot more to it, but you don't have to do any homework before you read the book. If you want to, you can go to those episodes 8 and 16. Um, but Claire is Basically, the story of a group of teen girls who have a friend named Claire who dies, and then they kind of do some witchcraft around her death that has some pretty frightening results. Yeah. Oh, yeah. without a doubt. I um, You can totally read this book 100% standalone and then go check out the podcast, or if you're a podcast listener, get the book and get more of this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is amazing. It is an incredible premise that yeah. like as I was reading it I felt like I was seeing a movie in my head of these events yes I feel like she does a really really good job of making it visual something that I love from the podcast comes over into the book which is that she describes people's outfits all the time huh. and I love it yeah it helps like paint a picture of not only like what they literally look like but like real talk you can kind of get an idea of who somebody is from what they're wearing so oh, it kind of gives doubt. you an idea of what these people are like mm-hmm. um it just does a really good job of making you feel like you get them yeah yeah absolutely well she's like building a world mm-hmm. that you can then like visit in your head right you know or you can visit literally because it's wellesley massachusetts well, well too. you know because liz uh is a writer she interviews people in wellesley massachusetts about their experiences with the paranormal mm-hmm. uh that's the premise of her blog ghost in the burbs that is the premise of the podcast ghost in the burbs and that is essentially what kicks off the events of Claire right? because she's interviewing people around town and is then put in touch with three women who used to be three teenagers who used to have a fourth friend Yeah, uh, and it all takes off from there. I don't want to spoil it. I do want to spoil it. I read this book in basically just one sitting Yeah, because the second I started reading it, I'm not lying. I I would just not say this if I hadn't done it. Yeah, Will. Yeah, he wouldn't. I loved this. Yeah, book. Will texted me. He was texting me like very enthusiastically about how much he loved it, and I was thrilled. Like I wasn't really surprised, but I was like, oh, just you know, when when you like something and then somebody else likes, they're like, oh yeah, sweet. Yeah. He was so about it. It very quickly became one of those things that I realized I was like unable to not talk about. I just descri- yeah. I took like it takes me about twenty minutes to tell everybody the premise of the book, and mm-hmm. I told about seven or eight people the yeah. first day. 
It's uh, awesome. To, to get the book and read it. Well, I want to give everybody a little teaser of the book. Now, oh. I didn't ask Liz if this was okay, but I'm going to assume that it is. It's just the it's just the very beginning of the book, and it's what you would get if you were to get a sample from Kindle. So that's why I have a feeling that it's on the up and up. And also, Liz and I <laughs> are buddies. We chat and yeah. stuff, and I, th- I think it'll be okay. And if not, Liz, I'm willing to do the work to repair our relationship. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, so this is kind of like a forward. So the book is structured with Liz interviewing these girls and there will be chapters that come in from Claire's perspective. Oh, okay. who's, well, but it's the first thing. I know. It's like right away. You're right. Okay. Yeah, it's like instant. It's so cool though. It's very cool. Yeah. Okay, so this is from Claire's perspective. I had shiny brown hair once. There's no color wh- where I am now and when I think about my hair, how alive it was, how it reflected the light and swirled around me when I swim or bounced behind me as I ran, I feel every horrifying bit of what they took from me. When they trapped me here, my hair turned a dull gray, and over time it's darkened, lifeless and dull as a chalkboard. We forgave one another our faults. Hillary, her obsessive control, Vanessa, her bite, Jill, her need to please. They forgave my introversion, or at least once, or at least I once thought they did. I see clearly now that I was never really part of them. I'd begun to pull away that summer, sensing I could no longer rise to their expectations. Maybe that's why they did it, because they would rather kill me than let me go. It used to consume me, the why of it. But I, know now that, uh, but I know now that the why doesn't matter. What's done is done. My hair was alive, and now it's dead, and they will pay for my loss. It is so good. It is so good. That's a great opening, yes. too. All of those segments yeah. where Claire is talking uh-huh. are, are, at some points, very nail-biting. Yeah, bangerang. And Hillary? I don't Ooh. like you, Hillary. Nuh-uh. Me neither. Not a anyway. fan. All right. Yeah. That is Claire. Yeah. Uh, we could talk about it all night, but I don't want to ruin it for people who have not read it yet. Right. Go out and get Claire. It's available for $1. Yeah. It's a from Kindle, Kindle. Yeah. You can get the paperback. It's like seven bucks. Mm-hmm. Do it. Do it. Tell us we're wrong. I dare you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Name a more iconic book. I'll wait. We'll wait. <laughs> uh, and as always, check out Ghost and the Burbs for sure. Yeah. It's totally sweet. Yeah. We're talking about because we love it. Yep. All right. All right. On to the show itself. Kristen, you are going first. Okay, William. So I told you about a show that Ryan exposed me to, my husband, called... Um, <laughs> I can't think of Hang on. I have no idea what it's called, actually. I think it's Beyond, Be- Beyond Belief Factor Fiction. Fact- okay, yes. That's, yeah. yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah. Um, and so it's this show. I had never heard of it before. Ryan just put it on and we started watching it and it ruled. It's hosted by the guy from, um, Star Trek with like a very severe goatee. Um, <laughs> I didn't do a whole lot of research on the show. Will I didn't write that stuff down, but it's where I found the subject for our show tonight, which is a psychic horse named Lady Wonder. <laughs> a psychic horse? Yes. So the structure of the show, I'll just say, I, I trailed off because I got nervous because I don't remember enough facts about it. The structure of the show is that there are a whole bunch of stories that they tell within the hour episode of the show and have reenactments of them. And so you go, you know going into, the, going into it that some of these stories that they're going to show you are real and some of them are made up. And at the end of the show, they tell you which things were real and which were made up. Yes, I remember you telling me about yes. this. Yeah. So and the, they don't explain why it's no, real. No, which is so frustrating so like when i've been watching this show i'll find out that it's real and then i want them to elaborate beyond being like the story of the psychic horse lady wonder is true the man in the park who i'm like tell me more so you just have to google it but it's still sweet and i didn't know about lady wonder before this so 
Thank you very much, Beyond Belief. I forget. Is this an old show or it's yeah, modern? Yeah, no, no, no. It's old. It's probably okay. from like the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it is Beyond Belief. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Lady Wonder was a horse that lived in Richmond, Virginia with her owner, Claudia Fonda, which is a great name in my opinion. Um, and Claudia knows that Lady, Lady Wonder was just like an extremely smart and intuitive horse, basically. Like she would come before she was called. So she'd be like about to be like, Yoo-hoo! and Lady <laughs> Wonder would start coming to her before that. <laughs> Anything? <laughs> Sounds like one of the Wilhelm screams, you know, like yeah. the, what they use yeah. in movies. Yeah. Maybe that could be a new one. Yeah. Um, also, the article I read said that part of her smarts that stood out to Claudia were that when children would go to play with her in the field, they play a game such as trying to hide a thimble from her, which is a very wholesome thing to do for yes. like children um, to be like just hiding a thimble behind their back and they want like a pony to like nudge the arm that this it's is in like or something. 100% before phones and oh, definitely. Game Boys. And, it was yeah. in the 50s. Um, <laughs> like, well, actually, no, no, no. It started in the 30s and then extends to the 50s. So, um, so she's just like, man, this horse has really got it going on. So Claudia decided to be like a stage mom. I feel a little bit bad for Lady Wonder in some ways. She separated Lady Wonder from the other horses. Oh. I don't think like forever and for her whole life, but it was doing a lot of like personal work with Lady Wonder. And she set up alphabet and number blocks. So had the whole alphabet and then numbers. Um, and Lady Wonder learned what letter was what letter and what number was what number within months. And she could hit them to communicate things. So then as Lady Wonder got older, by the time she was three, news had spread that this horse could like talk to you basically okay. and became kind of an attraction. So people would come and pay to ask Lady Wonder questions. So it wasn't like deep psychic stuff like, you know, can you Lady Wonder is is pop pop here? Or whatever like that but it would just be like just novelty stuff so um one of them was like lady warner what's the year on this quarter that i just pulled out of my pocket and she'd be like 1910 or whatever and they were like oh my god <laughs> i mean is, can this possibly be true it's pretty crazy some of the things that happen. I know. But they so, even say that, like, because I know about animals that have communicated before, and there was, like, a very sad parrot that said a lot of bunch of... Oh, Alex, I think its name was. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was a very oh, sad Oh, I haven't thought about that, that in a long time. was, like, able to talk and communicate. Yeah. Uh, and Coco, yes. the gorilla, obviously, yes. who just passed away recently, yes. uh, was able to sign... Mm-hmm. But people were still unsure of whether right. or not, like, what she was signing actually meant anything, right. or if she was just like doing stuff that like she had learned, but she didn't know what it meant. You right. Know? Well, there's something <laughs> that in that vein here, but there are things that Lady Wonder said that like, how could this have happened? Okay, I'll tell you. So, um, wait, how did she know the year on a dime or whatever? That's so small. Well, that, she couldn't that, read it. That's the thing. So, like, how did she know? Why are they asking her that? Because they want to see her psychic powers. Oh, okay. So they're so not asking point, her, like, to do mediumship things, but they're like, oh, Lady Wonder can answer crazy things. But, okay, so by that point, they knew that she was psychic, not just that she knew numbers and letters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right, right. right. No, it was just kind of like, wow, what a smart horse that she knew numbers and letters. But then when she started, like, being able to answer questions when Claudia was training her that, like, how could she know that? Then yeah. it started to become a thing. All right. So... Um, so as she got older, just like a child that grows its toys, William, 
uh, Lady Wonder started to outgrow her blocks. So Claudia set up basically a kind of typewriter for her with snout-sized keys. That's awesome. Yes, um, where letters popped up facing the audience. So they recreated it, and I saw some pictures of it. They recreated it on Beyond Belief. When it's a, when we say typewriter, it's nothing that looks like a typewriter exactly, but it's a thing where, the same with a typewriter, when you press down something, a key will pop up, basically. It's kind of like that, so she could nudge her nose down on something. It would make and the, the letter flip up. up. Yeah. Right, exactly. Um and before each reading, when I was like with a group of people around, Claudia started mixing around the letters. They wouldn't be in alphabetical order to make it more difficult and thus more impressive that Lady Wonder could answer the questions. Because yeah. you couldn't even be that like, oh, well, she's memorized the order of things. Right. Even with that, it'd be like, plus she knows the date on this quarter. So here are some of the crazy things that she did, like the predictions that she made. So um, she would do spelling and math at first and would just be like, damn, this is a smart horse. But then it started going just beyond smart stuff. That sounds like a good finale to the performance where people are like, and here where she is, Lady Wonder, the psychic horse. And then they do a bunch of stuff and she goes, right again, Lady Wonder. Damn, that's a smart horse. <laughs> or they have Good somebody, night. Somebody, <laughs> and then the curtains close. Somebody planted in the audience, like sitting in the back, which is like, damn, that's a smart horse. They get like the crowd riled up, so they're like, yeah, yeah it is a smart horse. Oh, yeah, did you hear that? Yes, it is a smart horse. Now, that's what I call a smart horse. <laughs> 1930s talk. Um, she guessed people's maiden names. So you'd be like, Lady Wonder, what's my maiden name? And she'd be like, Rogers. It'd be- <laughs> well, it's my middle name but now, but yeah. whatever. It still counts technicality i just made my maiden my name my middle name so i could hang on to it i keep i, I wish that she was like prudence you know like <laughs> saying the words i'd be worried about her stamina if that were the case like it's one thing really you wonder be using her snout on a snout sized keyboard but if she had to be like like to talk constantly i feel like that would wear lady wonder out i'd be worried about like the animal cruelty of that what's your patience for for watching lady wonder type out a long name not long william i'm not gonna lie to you yeah i'd rather read about it yeah, yeah. And, and marvel at it. If someone's to, last name is Rosenberg yeah, and you're watching this horse clop around trying to find the bee. To be there in person. Like, oh, boy. Bring a book. Oh, boy. We get it. <laughs> hey, Lady Wonder, I uh, I want to buy a vowel. Let me, <laughs> can I just finish the phrase? I know what it is now. <laughs> Let's wrap it up, toots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lady Wonder could play like a mean wheel of fortune. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, somebody set the time on a clock. So what I gather is that people were coming from far and wide and trying to find ways to stump Lady Wonder through like weird novelty means. So somebody set the time on a clock, put the face of the clock against Lady Wonder's body, and then asked what time it was. And she guessed the time. It was 610. <laughs> so stupid. William? Videos or anything? Shut your mouth. There are lots of pictures. It was in like the 30s. Oh, um she chose. 20- I thought you said kids were playing thimble games with her in the fifties. No. The <laughs> story's full I of holes. I don't think so. <laughs> I said that she was born in the twenties, and the story goes up through the fifties. Right. Um, so she chose twenty-four out of twenty-eight winning horses at a big racetrack. She predicted moves in the stock market. She located oil wells. It's rumored that a senator consulted her before making big moves in Senate. <laughs> Now that she one. gets consulted on crazier things. Can we can we talk about that one sure. for a minute? <laughs> you find out Lady Wonder, come back. Help us. That's <laughs> yeah, true. We could use Lady Help Wonder. Us. <laughs> can someone please resurrect Lady Wonder? Oh my god. You find out that your elected official has been consulting. At one on. point I would make a joke about how that'd be a terrible idea, but <laughs> 
the state of things, like I can't be too much worse. But real, no, so listen, anyway, the world could get a thousand times worse. And if yeah. I found out that one of the New Jersey senators was like getting most of his policy from Clip Clop, <laughs> the dancing horse, I was like, what? Psychic. Why wouldn't I consult this horse? This horse is a freaking genius. Once you hear this track record, you're going to be eating your words just like I bet Lady Wonder ate hay. I asked Clip Clop what I was holding behind my back, and he said apple. Now, I was holding a pineapple, but that was pretty damn close. All right? I agree, frankly. And so, yes, I may have asked him to help me set the budget. (laughs) What the hell? Questions? So Lady Wonder went from... Telling you what time it currently is, which, by the way, is not what being psychic is. No, she, the guy <laughs> messed with the time. She didn't know what time he set it to on the clock. Okay. And say so he put his smartwatch on her that's automatically synced. <laughs> okay, well, either way, she went from guessing someone's maiden name, which yeah. is very impressive. Yeah. Even, even for a person. Yes. Um, to then, like, consulting on... On governmental matters? That's right. Okay. I'm sure there were some things in between. <laughs> you think so? You think and that- why are you putting me in the position? Why am I defending this? Yeah, no, it's nuts. <laughs> You're not putting me in that position. I'm just doing it. No, I'm no, trying to put crazy. you in that position. I- <laughs> yeah, okay. It's your fault this story exists, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> no, it's that guy from Star Trek's fault with the bold goatee. And he also has like a little bit of a Richard Alpert thing from Lost going, like a permanent um, eyeliner. Oh, really? You'll know who he is if you saw him. You'll be like, oh, that guy. See, the goatee it's thing like you Jonathan keep bringing up is weird because yeah. he... Frake? It, I think it might be Frake. Frakes. I think it's Jonathan Frake. Jonathan Frakes. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Because in Star Trek, one of the few things I know about Star Trek is that there's an evil mirror universe where everybody exists and the only difference is they have sharp goatees. Oh, So this sounds really? like evil Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> I think that he's always had the goatee on it, though, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I have no what idea am I what talking about? I don't know. Yeah. I haven't watched that. Okay. So anyway, Senator, more political news, William? Predicted that Truman would defeat Dewey in the 1948 election, even though it seemed so sure that Dewey would win that a bunch of newspapers had already printed their headlines before the final tally. They were wrong. Lady Wonder was right. That's a very famous political case where yes. like all the newspapers were wrong mm-hmm. and Lady Wonder was right. I remember... People for, often forget the other half of that story where they go like, did you know the newspapers were wrong? They printed all the headlines. Everyone shares that, but they always leave off the next clause. Yeah, which who was, was right? Lady Wonder was right, by the way. That's right. It's also a really good name. I feel like we haven't dwelled on that enough. Yeah. Lady Wonder is a great name. Especially because like, I feel like horses now have gotten like such obtuse. Mm-hmm. You know, They're so long. Yeah. Remember when we were doing, I think it was a Hunt a Killer video. Um, I looked up something. There's some sort of clue that's something to do with dumplings or something like that. Remember I Googled it. And I found a horse's name that was like dumplings in the third. For, no, that's in the third would just be racing. They'd be like dumplings for dinner and bacons for lunch or whatever. Right, that yeah, was like yeah. a horse's name. Yeah. And I was like, maybe that has something to do with it. Cause the Hunticular box had a vague, um, horse right. motif. At least lady wonder is a title for like a, a being. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's also short and to the point. Right. Um, like pomp and circumstance. Right, right. Came in right. first last night. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so she got she obviously got some stuff wrong, but she got more stuff right, which we'll kind of get into. Um, so a lot of journalists, because she got famous basically, chalked it up to what you would, like a law of averages or the good stuff is what makes the news, and then all the things that she gets wrong don't, because why would it? But still, she got more and more famous because it is a crazy thing, honestly, crazy. no matter what the reason for it is. Psychic horse. Yeah. So people started coming to research her and test her and stuff like that. Um, there was a New York psychologist named Thomas Garrett whose deal was basically, he was like, 
kind of a professional skeptic, it sounds like. Um, so his deal was debunking mind reading acts and fortune telling. He would be, if there was like a movie about this case, he'd be yeah. the villain. Well, it would turn because oh. um, he came to do that. But in talking to Lady, she told him that his dog was alive and in Florida. Now, I know we're missing a little of context for that, but just go with it. His dog was alive and in Florida. He thought that his dog had died, and somehow Lady brought up that that was not true. It turned out that he looked into it, and he found out that the kennel that he had been boarding his dog at and that told him the dog had died had faked that dog's death and sold the dog for a profit to its Florida branch. And so that guy ended up calling Lady Wonder a genuine phenomenon. All right. Listen, if I were that man, that would have turned me around. That's it. <laughs> Are you okay? Chris's face just exploded. <laughs> like a choking incident for yeah, a second okay. there. Oh, my goodness. Cho- choking on seltzer at that. All the bubbles. <laughs> yeah, they got the best of you. Um, they always do. Um, I I feel like <clears throat> if I were in his position, I would then be like, thank God for Lady Wonder. Yeah. Um, but still, you have to wonder whether or not Lady Wonder's owners kidnapped that man's dog. Oh, my God. And sent it to Florida. Like they staged the news. You know? Oh, my God. <laughs> One must wonder. It's kind of slander I mean, if I'm if I'm... Dragging someone's name in the mud from nearly 100 years ago. Oh, they're ago. all long dead. I think that you're in the clear. <laughs> um, they're all a bunch of creeps. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah, I don't know the timeline of his dog dying and all of that, but pretty impressive. And he seemed to think so, too. And then there was, so kind of on the other side of it, basically, there was a professor of parapsychology named Joseph Ryan who um, got into the occult and things like that. Or not even the occult, really. Just into... Um, parapsychology after hearing a lecture on spiritualism by our old friend sir arthur conan doyle oh boy so he came into testing lady wonder with kind of an agenda of wanting to prove it like he's like all in on this stuff and he's just finding kind of like another weird vessel for it basically um so he put her through a week-long study of 500 tests and he found that as math questions he was asking would get more complicated that's when lady wonder would stumble stumble excuse me um also, when he blindfolded Lady Wonder, she only gave four out of 11 correct answers. He also noted that when Claudia, the owner, didn't know the answer to a question, that Lady Wonder was zero for five. But so even with all of that, so it basically makes you think that Claudia was giving cues to Lady Wonder or prodding her in some way and giving her the answers to all this stuff. Yeah. So like, if it's a hard math question, Claudia might not be able to do that math that fast. And also, if Lady Wonder's blindfolded, she can't see Claudia's maybe subtle yeah. cues that she's giving or whatever. Um, but there's actually an, an interesting flip side argument to that in favor of Lady Wonder still having powers. So he said, because he did have this agenda, that she did still seem to have a degree of telepathy and psychic power, but that it wasn't independent thinking. It's not that Lady Wonder was just grabbing these things from the ether, basically. It was that she was reading the mind of Claudia or whoever was by her, basically, who knew the answer to these things. So um, it was kind of maybe dependent on Claudia or somebody was in the room, but not from Claudia cueing her. It was just that Lady Wonder could read her mind. And if Claudia didn't have the answer, then Lady Wonder wasn't going to have the answer. So Claudia was halfway decent at math. Uh, yeah. It's even still maybe. impressive. This is really, this is really diminishing it. Uh-huh. But it is kind of impressive that a horse could even know when a question has been asked. Yes, all of this is... It's insane. Look, it would have blown my mind if I was that kid playing with a thimble and the horse could figure out which hand it was in. That's bonkers. <laughs> is it? You got that, you got that little, you know, cherubic 
smile on your face. You got that twinkle in your eye because you know you're fooling this stupid horse. Yeah, and it gets the best of me? Yeah, exactly. You gave yourself away. You've got to tell. Shocking. You've got to tell. I don't have a tell. Yeah, don't play porker with no horses. Porker. <laughs> porker. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Oh, we're, we're on the barnyard, but we're not talking about pigs. <laughs> whoa, whoa there. Whoa. <laughs> okay, all right. Wilbur. All right, so William, riddle me this. How did she find the bodies of missing boys? What? Oh, man. So in 1951, oh, and no. this is the story that was on Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction. Okay. And it was fact. So in 1951, there were police in Massachusetts who were at a total loss in this case of this missing missing boy. He'd been missing for a year, and they didn't have any leads or anything. So they, were, they thought it was ridiculous and whatever, but somebody suggested, why don't you go talk to that lady wonder horse? And they were like, all right, what the hell? You're in dire straits if you're consulting a horse well, a child's been missing for a year and this horse is like predicting crazy things it's worth a shot it can't hurt you gotta imagine that hang dog look on that detective's face as he it didn't seem like they were into it from yeah. beyond belief fact or fiction That's but they decided saying. to like go right. for it so they decided to consult her and she spelled out the words pittsfield water wheel which didn't really make sense to them until they decided that maybe it could mean the pitfield water quarry Okay. Which is pretty, I mean, that's still pretty good. It's pretty close, but it's still not the thing. Pittsfield Water Wheel versus Pitfield Water Quarry? Yeah. It's, whatever. Anyway, they found the boy's body there. <laughs> and Lady Wonder spelled out, more oats, please. <laughs> they were like, oats, a boat. Boats no, got water. You're being a pain in the ass. It is not The water quarry. <laughs> they found the boy. There's essentially one word that's different. And they found the boy's body there. All right, listen. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> and then it also happened with two missing boys later in Illinois. So word carried that Lady Wonder found this missing kid or whatever. And then a couple of years later, police in Illinois with a two missing boy case came to Lady Wonder. And she said they would be in a river by their home. And that river had been previously searched, so they were like, eh, nah, I don't really think so. But they ended up um, like dragging a river a few months later, and they found the two boys in it. I mean, what I mean, what are your thoughts on that? So are you saying you believe this horse is psychic? I don't know, but I don't know how you explain that. I I, I don't know how to explain it either, other than like coincidence and and finally just like looking in the right place or something you know like honestly yes throwing away the jokes about how absurd this is yeah if those are the facts if you're telling me a story yeah where these are absolute facts that cannot be refuted mm-hmm. boys went missing mm-hmm. uh one in one plays two in the other yeah. boys went missing the police don't know what to do anymore yeah so much so that they turn to a psychic horse correct they talk to the horse again this is in the is 1951 Right. Early days. Okay. The horse tells them, look in this place. They go and the body is there. Right. What do I think of that? I don't, as crazy as it is to say, without any further information to go off of, I have no other option but to say, that horse is psychic. Right. Damn. Now that's a psychic horse. Right. It's crazy. I will say, I I made a note here. That second story about the two missing boys, I found accounts of that Massachusetts 1951 Pittsfield water wheel thing, like a bunch of places. I only found the story of the two missing boys from Illinois on one source, which was weirdhistorian.com. I didn't, because I, you know, I try to like get a few different 
angles on things. I didn't find that story anywhere else. So I almost wonder if that could be a little bit of an urban legend, right. the two missing boys story. Um, Cause that does seem pretty, I mean, it's all crazy, but like that she's located three missing boys at two different times. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. Um, I'm just gonna say I, I didn't see that story anywhere else, but yeah, like, it seems like it's a psychic horse to me. I'm not going to lie to you. Now, Pittsfield, yeah. Massachusetts, you said. Yes. That's near. It ended up, it, I didn't look into what the deal was. It was called Pittfield, at least at that time. Pittsfield, I, I don't know if that was a place separately at that time still, but the place where the boy was, boy was found was Pittfield. Okay. It seems like a quinky dink. I'm assuming that it was called Pittfield for a long time, then evolved into Pittsfield. Well, but you never know. We, it could be We two live different. in a town called Highland Park. There's a town That's called true. Highlands. That's true. Like a half hour away. Who the hell knows? Yeah. But if it's Pittsfield, if it did originally have the name Pittfield, right. then that that is approximately where Kristen and I used to spend yeah. a lot of time. Uh, check out our Massachusetts episode. I know. Yeah. Totally. I thought the same thing when I saw Pittsfield come up. I was like, what? Yeah, that's very weird. We have a connection to Lady Wonder. This yeah. Time, of course. Yeah, totally. So Lady Wonder lived to a ripe old age for a horse, which is 33. Um, she had predicted Wait, that. Wait, how old are you? I'm 34. Oh, damn. <laughs> I thought you were 33. How old am I? I bested her. I'm 31. One. Yeah. Pretty good. No, huh? I, I. Pretty psychic to tell you. My own current age. <laughs> it's sometimes hard to do. For some reason, and I don't have a whole lot of like vanity about age stuff. When I was like 29, I, 28 and up, when people asked me how old I was, I'd have to stop myself from saying 30. I just yep. felt like I was 30. So did I. For some reason, being 34 is not feeling right. I keep thinking 33. So I'm with you. There was a time not the longer I was sitting on the couch where I was like, I'm 34. Four, right? I'm not 33. I had to do the math. Yeah. It's not sticking on the tongue right for I me somehow. I thought I was 32 and about to turn 33 the other day, <laughs> and I was wrong. I think 35 feels more comfy to me. 34 might be a little too transitional. I don't like yeah. an even number, yeah. so maybe that's why. All right, fair enough. But anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm 34, so... Yeah. So you've outlived that. Outlasted this son of a bitch. Yeah, pretty impressive stuff. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, you know, it is not that impressive. Lady Wonder predicted that she'd die at 30, but hey, sometimes we don't know when our number is up. Well, maybe horse years are different. Oh, maybe. So maybe she was right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Screw it. Let's just say she definitely was. Yeah. <laughs> so again, Her track is, record would say she is. What is your feeling? Psychic horse, yay or nay? Good job. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. William, I gotta go. I gotta go psychic horse. Really? Yeah. Yeah, if you need to, if I need to give an answer, yeah, I guess I gotta go psychic horse. How the hell did she know where that kid was? Yeah, I. I mean, unless Claudia kidnapped that kid a year earlier yeah. and planned all this out, which it just doesn't seem whoa, whoa, right. Whoa, not Claudia Spool, the <laughs> notorious child murderer, the child killer of Pittsfield. So she moved to Virginia and changed her name to Claudia Fonda. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Not the cowgirl. <laughs> You're not talking about the cowgirl, are you? Uh, Travels the country with her horse, <laughs> killing children. That Claudia? <laughs> Slaughtering children and then finding the bodies later. <laughs> so yeah. Wow. That's a, what do you think, yay or nay? I, I mean, you basically already said yay. I well, you said don't yay. Don't put words in my mouth. I said very. I chose my words very specifically. I said if the facts are that Lady Wonder found three dead bodies, right? By clomping out the names of the locations of where they were buried, mm -hmm. I'd have no option but to be like, oh, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. 
I have no other option. Right. But However, you don't know whether she definitely did that. Correct. I hear you. And you even pointed out you could not find information to verify one of those stories. Yes. But one of those stories is very verified. Uh, even the one is pretty over, compelling. Yeah. It was all over the place. It's on like the History Channel and yeah. Travel Channel and all this crap. I think, I think it would be, to me, a case of an animal... Uh, having an uncanny ability mm-hmm. uh, for call and response. Mm-hmm. It knows how to talk to people. Like my dog, Molly, yeah. and Crummy. Yeah. They're very good listeners. Mm-hmm. They don't always obey. Sure. Seldom, you might say. Yeah. But they're very good listeners. Yes. And I can talk to Molly and she'll sit there cocking her head at yeah. me because she is trying her damnedest to understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And what that communicates is even if she doesn't know what I'm telling her, right. she knows that I am trying to talk to her and right. trying to tell her something. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I'll say something, and shockingly, she'll respond very uh, quickly. Yeah. Not a direct command, like a sit, uh, you know, here's a T-R-E-A-T, want to go O-U-T kind of thing. Yeah. I'll say something, and then she'll just do it. And I'm like, I don't know if she learned that mm-hmm. or if it's intuition or if it's coincidence. Right. Um, I'm inclined to feel the same way about Lady Wonder. Mm-hmm. Probably a mix of a lot of things. Intuition, yeah. a lot of coincidence. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm basically saying definitely psychic horse based on specifically that finding the body thing. That's cuckoo. Yeah. But for all the other stuff, completely same. Yeah. 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 Regardless, a very yeah. compelling story about right? a very fancy horse. Yes. Lady Wonder. That sounds like when somebody like on a TV show tunes into a TV on the TV show. Yeah. And it's some like terrible, stupid, fake-sounding news broadcast. That could have been the lead-in on Beyond Belief Fact or Fiction. That's it for the daily news. Uh, once again, that was a very compelling horse. Stay tuned for Conan O'Brien. <laughs> a very compelling horse. <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, cool. Yeah, cool. Good stuff. All right. Yeah. All right. My William, turn. Calgon, take me away. From a horse... That has a shocking ability to communicate to a famous dog who has the uncanny ability to speak. Really? Kristen. Get out week, of here. I'm going to tell you all about Scooby Doo. Oh. Where are you? Um, Sweet. We got some work to do now. Yeah. So great. I love Scooby. It's the Halloween season. Yeah. I'm in the what mood. What a fun one. I'm feeling kind of nostalgic. Yeah. And I just saw the other day that it is the 20th anniversary, uh-huh. thereabouts, of the release of Scooby Doo on Zombie Island, which is oh, a sweet. movie, a cartoon movie that you and I were yeah. pretty big fans of. Yep. I rewatched that movie. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I just was thinking about Scooby Doo and how much I enjoy it. Yeah. I looked at some of the monsters and stuff. I was almost going to do, here are some like the top scary monsters from Scooby Doo. The monsters, oddly enough, are not the thing that's the most compelling about that show. It's really the friendships. It kind of is. Mm-hmm. So I looked up stuff about like the creeper, yeah, the snow ghost, cool. you know, the black knight, stuff like that. Not a lot of information about them, just kind of creepy yeah. looking monsters. But the real thing that I love about Scooby-Doo today, uh-huh. and always loved, was the premise, yeah. the concept. I used to wake up early before school. I am not a morning person. I never Same. have been. I was actually just talking about this with, with Ryan. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. There was a certain period of time where I discovered mm-hmm. that they would play like three or four episodes of Scooby-Doo. Yeah, like 6 a.m. Yeah. yeah. And then it was time perfectly for me to leave the house and catch the bus. Yep. Uh, and so I did that constantly. I have endlessly watched... Uh, episodes of the original show, the sort of weird spin-off stuff that happened, even the terrible ones. Mm-hmm. I just constantly watch them. 
wanting them to be good because I had such nostalgic feelings yeah. about those uh, those groovy kids mm-hmm. and their scaredy cat dog driving around the country in the mystery machine yeah. trying to solve crimes yeah, that were great. usually paranormal. And so, yeah, I'm going to tell you a little bit awesome. about, it's kind of a glaze over of the entire concept. Beautiful. Um, and yeah, I hope it's I hope it's entertaining enough. Yes. One quick question. Now that I think about it, this is weird. Did we watch it together? Because I feel like I would wake up early and watch it by myself. I mean, maybe. I know that there were some times that I would wake up early and I'd watch stuff like Pee Wee Herman yeah. as well. Um, I don't. I kind of don't think we did. I know. Which seems we're, weird. We were at two different TVs or something? I mean, it wasn't every single morning. Whatever, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, but... we were for sure. Our childhood was of the age where, like, if you had kids, you'd put a TV in their room. Who cares? Or at least that's the way that our family was. So, like, yeah, maybe we had I, TVs? I don't know. I'm, I'm picturing being in the living room. It doesn't really matter. I mean, we didn't have TVs when we were super young in our rooms. No, not like five. No, but not even... I feel like I didn't have a TV in my room until I was, like, in in New Jersey. Like I was, like, 16. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I don't all right. Know. It doesn't matter. Anyway. anyway. Um, so, anyway, uh, uh, you all know the basic concept of Scooby-Doo. I just kind of mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Fred... Daphne, Velma, Shaggy, and their dog Scooby drive around in a decked out flower power van called the Mystery Machine. Yeah. And they'll just be doing something for their own purposes. They'll be like going on a vacation Mm -hmm. and then they find out that there is some sort of an abominable snowman person terrifying everybody, keeping them off the slopes. Yeah. Uh, They meet a bunch of different people. It's sort of like a whodunit, which I think was very exciting to me because I like to try to figure things out as I was watching them. And so nice to have a bite-sized whodunit. Like there aren't a lot of other formats where you get like a total mystery in 22, 23 minutes, especially for a kid. 100%. So that was like a real sweet spot. And then eventually they get the better of the ghost, usually with some sort of an over-the-top crazy uh, mousetrap type contraption uh, series of booby traps. Yeah. And it turns out it was one of those people. Oh, it was the guy that that owns the competing, uh, <laughs> you know, ski lodge. Yeah. And he was trying to scare people away to drive business down so he could buy that ski lodge. That happens a lot. Yeah. Like people trying to drive business down by scaring people away from another business. Right. Yes. Gotta say, respect the hustle. To the point that it was like, it's been considered a joke recently that yeah. like all these people end up being like battered and bruised right. in a series of traps. Right. Uh, all because they were trying to run a little scam. Yeah. It's like, drag this man away for scaring people. Yeah. You know? Which is, it is kind of silly. <laughs> it is. It's great. So anyway, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you a little bit about where this came from. Please. First, or should I just tell you about the shows? Let me tell you about the shows real quick. Yeah. So the shows were produced by Hanna-Barbera, uh-huh. which was basically like the the kings of cartoon yes. shows uh, in the like 60s, 70s, 80s. Yeah, there were a ton of them. They did stuff like the Flintstones, the Jetsons, basically any sort of uh, like family show mm-hmm. where uh, it's just the same premise. People in the Stone Age, people in the future. Yeah. Uh, there would be, you know, uh, uh, Yogi Bear. Mm-hmm. And then there would be people like uh, Snagglepuss. Right. Like, all characters look the same. You right. know, all the animation styles looked identical. It was yeah. almost a racket, except people loved it. They just kept oh, totally. cranking out the same thing. Yeah. Who were Moose and Squirrel? What were their names? Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yes, Rocky and I'm not and sure Bullwinkle. if that was Hanna-Barbera, though. Okay. I kind of don't think so. Okay. Um, oh, also, Yogi Bear uh-huh. debuted at the time when Yogi Berra... <laughs> uh, so weird. I, I've always wondered this. Yeah. Uh, Yogi Berra was a famous baseball player. Mm-hmm. He was known for some of the, like 
ludicrous things he would say. He would right. talk about like going to a famous restaurant. He'd say, eh, no one goes there anymore. It's too crowded. Right. Well, that doesn't make sense, does it? Um, it's an oxymoron. He's a clever to, guy. He'd try to order a pizza. They'd say, do you want us to cut it into six slices or eight? He'd go, ah, eh, six. I'm not that hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm unclear on whether or not those things were intentional. I think there were too many to it not be like intentional. They had to be. Intentional. They had to be. <laughs> anyway, who's firing off little bon mots like that, like accidentally? It's true. There's no even cause to say those things if it's you're not true. doing it on you're purpose. Absolutely right. Yeah. Either way, he's a huge name at the time that the show Yogi right. Bear comes out. Yogi Bear is like you know a big buffoonish <laughs> yeah whatever. Yogi Bear sues. <laughs> And he's basically like laughed at for even bothering to try. So he withhold. He he pulls out of the lawsuit. Yeah. And just goes like, well, I guess there's nothing I'm going to do about right. this then. But it seems like Hanna Barbera had no problem knocking off previous ideas. The Flintstones is just the honeymooners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. Anyway, that kind of plays into how Scooby Doo was made. Yeah. So what is Scooby a knockoff of? Scooby is a knockoff of uh, two things. One, Archie. The original oh, okay. idea. Uh, for Scooby-Doo yeah. was that it was going to be a cartoon show called Mysteries 5. Mysteries 5. I'm glad they changed the name. 100%. That does not roll off the tongue. No, it's a terrible name. Basically, there was this guy named Fred Silverman who uh, was an executive mm-hmm. who loved Archie. Yeah. He loved the show Archie that was being put out and he asked Hanna-Barbera to come up with something. He had an idea of himself himself where he wanted to have some sort of like a, a fun, groovy show about kids in a band. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Hanna-Barbera then went, all right, cool, let's take that, and why don't we merge that with the mystery radio serials from the 40s oh. so that this will be a band of kids and their dog, Too Much. <laughs> that was Scooby's original name, Too Much. Too Much. Which is a terrible I'm also name. glad they rethought that. Yes. Man, uh, I almost forgot what we were talking about and just the idea of a combination of Archie and then serial mysteries from the 40s. I was just like, that sounds great. I love that. And, I do. and I do. And I do. Yeah. Um, and so one of the big things that they cited was a show called I Love a Mystery from the 40s. Immediately clicked on that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. like old radio shows. Our dad like raised us on stuff yeah. like uh, The Whistler, mm-hmm. The Shadow, uh, those like little mystery cassette things where you had to fast forward to the end to find out how this person died in a room alone with yes. the doors locked from the Mind inside. Trap. Mind trap, mm-hmm. love that stuff. So I immediately clicked on "I Love a Mystery," yeah, a radio uh, mystery series from the '40s. It is about three friends: uh, Jack, uh, Doc, and Reggie. Does Jack love sandwiches? Jack hates sandwiches. Women. Oh yikes! That is well, one of the defining characteristics, and one of the few defining characteristics given for Jack. I'm gonna go ahead and steer clear of Jack. And it was either Doc or Reggie who's also cited as not liking the fairer sex. Oh God! That is what it said. So I'm not sure. Cool. With that. Let's keep uh, I Love a Mystery out of the hands of the public today. Very strange. Should bleep out the name of it. Very, very strange. These yahoos don't need any more encouragement. Absolutely. So as I said, Hanna-Barbera took that concept plus the Archies, mm-hmm. turned it into a Minus show. Minus misogyny. True. Maybe. Uh, I, I think I so. Think. I hope yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, and called it <laughs> Mysteries 5. This was about Joff. Jeff, but spelled, you know, the G off. Mm-hmm. Jeff, Mike, Kelly, Linda. Linda's brother, W.W. Oh. Very hard to say. Very. And their bongo-playing dog, Too Much. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Too Much was a member of the band, you see. (laughs) Yeah, of course. So Mysteries 5, they would tour around, and when they weren't on stage playing their groovy tunes, they'd be offstage trying to solve crimes. Cool. All right? Now, uh, they initially pitched 
the show. It was rejected. It was was shot down, obviously. I mean, I'm not going to lie. In this incarnation, I would still watch it, but I could see why it'd be rejected. It's not unlike the dog's name. It's too much. Too much. There's a little too much going on there, without a doubt. A lot of overhang. This show eventually becomes Scooby-Doo. Here's how. Too much. They couldn't decide whether they wanted that dog to be a sheepdog or a Great Dane. They were worried if they went the Great Dane route, it would be too much like Marmaduke. Kristen liked Marmaduke. (laughs) It is like Marmaduke, but I think that history is on the side of Scooby at this point. When they originally pitched uh, Mysteries 5, they went with Sheepdog. Marmaduke 5. When it was rejected, they reworked the show and they went, you know what? Who cares about Marmaduke? Our (laughs) show's failing. Great Dane. Also, a sheepdog does not look like it would play the bongos. Absolutely. Uh, too much uh, was turned into a Great Dane. They cut one of the characters and renamed the others. So that's where we then get Daphne, Velma, Shaggy, and Ronnie, who eventually became Fred. Oh, okay. I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, the kids were based on characters mm-hmm. from the show The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis. Oh. I used to watch that on um, Nick at Night. Tell me what that show is. I, I don't really remember. I mean, I, it wasn't something that I was like obsessed with. Um, like a teen show. There'd be a high school. Dobie Gills was like a cute boy. It's what you would guess from the name, I think. Okay. I don't All remember right. it that well. So uh, I looked into this a little bit because I wanted to see, like, in what way are they based on the show The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis? Yeah. Um, Shaggy is a beatnik-y character with like a little goatee. Uh-huh. Um, he's got like that, that big baggy shirt and stuff, and he's kind of like... Even from the incarnation of Scooby-Doo, yeah. everyone was like, oh, Shaggy is a stoner. Right. Right? And everybody yeah. refuted it. Casey Kasem refuted it. Matthew Lillard, who voices him today, right. still refutes it. Right. But anyway, uh, that was the vibe. You think 60s, you think slacker, you're thinking stoner. Yeah. And for sure, that little goatee. Yeah, totally. So I looked up a picture of the Bob Denver character from The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis. Okay. His name is Maynard G. Krebs. Maynard G. Oh, oh my God. Is basically a live action Shaggy. It is insane. So, guys, make sure that you either Google this yourself or you could go to this podcast's video on YouTube to see this. It's absolutely true. He has what I call a chin mitten. That's when you have a goatee that's just on the chin and you've really let it kind of spread out. Yeah. Um, it looks like Shaggy. This is also I remember that guy's face. I guess I watched the many loves of Dobie Gillis more than I realized. Well, you might be recognizing somebody else in that face. In the Shaggy. video version, you can see this stuff. Everybody, look up Maynard Krebs from the many loves of Dobie Gillis. Tell me that's not Shaggy. Yeah. But also tell me that it's not Randy Meeks from Scream Two. My goodness gracious you are absolutely right i looked at this picture even of bob f- denver even the faces you put up they're making the same little pouty face don't think i didn't intentionally no i know i know but i'm just saying it's crazy yeah it made me very happy to google randy meeks scream too yeah uh but yeah basically the same character across the board weird many the many loves of Dobie gillis the many incarnations of maynard krebs <laughs> Randy's not a stoner though. He doesn't have that vibe. No, but he's that goofy, the goofy friend. He is the goofy friend. He fills for the sure. shaggy role. Yeah, yeah, he does fill the shaggy role. You know? Yeah. Yamaha. Ironic with Matthew Lillard around in the first. <laughs> Zoinks. <laughs> um. Anyway, that's just that's really neither that's here nor weird, there. That's weird though. That was, that was very a very interesting development. That shaggy. You know, you think about Hanna Barbera basically yeah. taking existing characters. Uh, and, and turn them into cartoon shows and stuff. Yeah. Boy, Shaggy is a big, bad one of them. Man. I have no idea. That's nuts. I know. I never knew That's that. That's so funny. So anyway, now they've got the characters. Yeah. 
um, they're downplaying the band aspect uh-huh. as well. They bring it back to Fred Silverman yeah. from uh, uh, CBS, and they say, here we go. This is Mysteries 5. Fred, Daphne, Velma, uh, Shaggy, and Too Much, yeah. the Great Dane. And he goes, cool. I hate the name Mysteries 5. Fred Silverman was onto something. Fred Silverman turns it into Who's Sissa Scared? Oh, my God. Okay, I take it back. <laughs> That's an insane name and very much a 60s name. Yep. Uh, Hanna-Barbera reworks it again. Uh, they make the show focus primarily on Shaggy and Too Much. Okay. And bring it back. Okay. Fred Silverman is looking at the dog too much and going like, uh, definitely too much. Yeah. So he says, you know what? At the end of Strangers in the Night by Frank Sinatra. Oh, my God. Who knew all the insane references that Scooby-Doo was pulling from uh-huh. or pulled from? Strangers in the night, Scooby Dooby Doo. Wow. That's where it came from. He goes, name that dog Scooby Doo. Wowie, wowie, wow. And uh, Scooby Dooby Doo, where a star are you? was born. Was born. Yeah. That is a 100% true story. That's crazy. From Mysteries 5 to Scooby Doo, where are you? <laughs> and back again. That's awesome. Honestly, sort of making history. The yeah, show absolutely. In 1969, mm-hmm. and essentially until 1991, it's never off the air. Each individual show is yeah. only on for a couple years, but listen to this. Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? The original show. Yeah. Then the new Scooby-Doo movies. This is where they started to, you, you've definitely seen this stuff where they meet up with like Batman and Robin, yeah. the Harlem Globetrotters. That's the new Scooby-Doo movies. Yep. The Scooby-Doo show and Scooby's All-Star Laugh Olympics. Oh, I don't know if I know about that. Yeah. Basically, Fred Silverman moves from CBS to ABC and goes, I want to take Scooby with me. Which is very weird. Wow. Uh, and that's where stuff like Scooby Dumb came from. Scooby Doo's uh, cousin. Oh, God. Was, I hate like, Scooby Dumb. Oh, everybody hates all the spinoff characters. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, it's the next decade. It's 1979. It's been 10 years of Scooby Doo. Yeah. Uh, the series is starting to fade a little bit. Bring in Scrappy Doo. Mm-hmm. They invent Scrappy Doo. Yeah, go over that Scrappy Doo. Eventually, Fred- he just slows Scooby down. Yeah, it's true. Ugh. Puppy power. Yeah. Eventually, Fred, oh, Daphne, yeah, and Velma power. are dropped. Oh. They're not on the show anymore. It's Shaggy, Scooby, and Scrappy. I don't care for that. What's the need for that? These are cartoons. I know. It's like, very you could just strange. bring in somebody else to do a new voice. In thinking, shows, when that happens, it's usually because a person doesn't want to play that character anymore. Yeah. They're just thinking you simplify it, I guess. I don't like that. Uh, Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo shorts mm-hmm. then happen. Daphne comes back as a reporter. Okay. Which is. Something that actually comes up later. Okay. Uh, sometimes Fred and Velma appear. Okay. So they're kind of around. Yeah. Then the new Scooby and Scrappy-Doo show, followed by the 13 ghosts of Scrappy-Doo. I know about that. A character named Vincent Van Gool yeah. is on the show frequently. And by the way, like I never kept up with this, like, yeah. you know, uh, uh, like a major fan where I watched every episode, but I've definitely seen many episodes of each one of these incarnations. I don't know if I've seen all of them, but I, I, a lot of this is ringing bells. Here's where it dies. Okay. Up to 1991, from 98 or 88 to 91, yeah, you get a pup named Scooby Doo. I don't know if you remember this. They turned this almost into like tiny tunes. Yep, mm-hmm. it was way wackier. They were all like it was almost Muppet Babies. Yes, it, I would say it's like Muppet Babies. Yeah, and it was terrible. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I really watched that, but I can picture it. I remember it being a thing. So 22 years of Scooby Doo mm-hmm. in 1991. Let's ruin it. It's basically done. Right. Nothing new for (laughs) Scooby-Doo for years, for at least seven years. Nothing, nothing new, Scooby-Doo. Yeah. We need you more than ever. Now, bear in mind, this is when Scooby-Doo has now uh, been like a baby show. Yeah. Or only Shaggy and Scooby with sidekick dogs. Right. 
not the main kids, not the show that we all know mm -hmm. with the mystery machine and all that. Yeah. So they've disappeared. Nostalgia starts to set in. Excellent. And Hanna-Barbera greenlights a movie. Yep. Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Yeah. Where the premise of the show is that the, 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 the gang has not been together for a long time. Mm -hmm. Daphne has her own coast-to-coast -coast show, which she runs with her producer and sole crew person, Fred. That's right. Fred is her camera person. She's on like a daytime talk show thing, whatever. Yeah. And she's like, no, I haven't seen the, the gang in a long time, whatever. Like, you know, we're still, you know, finding mysteries, me and Fred. Like, it would be fun to do something. Shaggy and Scooby work in customs at an <laughs> airport. Uh, they're sniffing out wheels of cheese and <laughs> people's that. luggage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they get fired because they eat everything. <laughs> That's a really good direction for them to have gone in. Yeah. Velma owns her own mystery bookshop, mm -hmm. which is kind of like Ray in Ghostbusters yes. 2. Yeah. Which is still something that I, I wish had been explored. It's yeah, I love yeah. that. Yep. Uh, and basically, uh, Fred, hearing Daphne be like, you know, it would be nice to get the gang together. He's the producer. He's like, say. Hmm. And so he does get everybody together. He, they revitalize the mystery machine, and they go to New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, where then basically things go nuts. Uh, they think there's an amazing montage. There, there are like really amazing set pieces in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I just rewatched it and I'm a fully grown man now. Right. I still really enjoy this. Um, once again, reminding you that Scooby-Doo, where are you has not been around for yeah. decades. I love things like that, that are like taking it, the real life thing into account. Like this hasn't, I mean, I would also love if they just picked up and it was a thing, sure. but it's, it makes it like exciting that you're like, Oh, they're getting back together. They really have not been together for a long time. And they play on it like really kind of geniusly. The opening minutes of it, it opens with like a monster stalking around in a castle mm -hmm. and opening a door and there's Shaggy and Scooby clinging to each other. Yeah. And then they're running around being chased by the monster. They do that doorway gag where yeah. they go through all the doors, whatever. Um, uh, Daphne and Velma are like falling off the side of the castle and Fred's trying to hold on to them, whatever. They end up, you know, smashing on the monster, uh, knocking him to, his, to the ground and then they pull the mask off him and it's a guy. Yeah. And then they fade to the present day. That was a while ago. Yeah. And that's a very sort of classic presentation of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. A guy in a suit. When they're finally all together again, this is now years later, and they're going down to New Orleans, they're trying to film something unique. Mm -hmm. And there's a montage of them fighting monsters that turn out to be people set to a song that's going like, it's always a guy in a suit. Yeah. No matter what you do, you think it's real, you think it's a ghost, it's always a guy in a suit. Sweet. Which then sets up the that's fact awesome. that Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island right. is not. It's not a guy in a suit. About a guy in a suit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They take it in a significantly darker direction. Gotta rewatch this. And it's it's not realistic. It's all cartoon. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, but it was very charming, very enjoyable, and it seems like it was made by people who loved the material yeah. and wanted to do it justice. Which is ideal. That's like the best kind of people to write something like that. Yeah, which I really yeah. respect. Uh, so I really enjoyed that movie. Um, there were a few more that were made because mm -hmm. that one was so successful. Mm -hmm. Kristen, you and I know that uh, the Hex Girls, the Pleasant yes. Dreams Sister Thorne. Yep. I don't know if you thought the same thing that I did. Mm -hmm. I thought that was in Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. I did too. I'm surprised to hear you not talking about it within that. Because it's not. Oh, what's it in? That was evidently in the first sequel, Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. Weird. Where the Hex Girls play. Uh -huh. you know, we're the Hex Girls and yeah. we're going to put a spell Love on you. you. Yeah. Uh, that movie, one of the, the lead actors uh -huh. tim curry 
Oh, sweet. How about that? That's cool. Like, I want to watch that. All right. Next. So now I, I have enjoyed to, Zombie Island enough. I have to watch Zombie Island and Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost. Yeah, absolutely. That's also a sweet name. It's like so ridiculous. The Witch's, the Witch's Ghost. Two monsters yeah. in one, you know? <laughs> I love and it. And Frankenstein's mummy. And two of my favorite <laughs> you know, favorite like, monsters. So rid- ridiculous. Love witches love ghosts. Yeah. And yeah. Dracula's zombie. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. Um, yeah. So I want to watch all those. Anyway. Those were very successful, successful enough to bring the show back. Right. By the way, Casey Kasem didn't come back to do Shaggy. Yeah. He he was going to, but he refused unless they made Shaggy a vegetarian like him. Oh, I remember hearing that. Yeah. It was very kind of yeah. funny and charming and weird. Also tough because Shaggy's like whole thing is eating those sandwiches. So yeah. the one thing it was a character where you're like, yeah, okay, no problem. He's a vegetarian. It's just like that never comes up. Yeah. But with Shaggy, it's very specific. He's goblin. Which is maybe why he was making that point. He was like, this is specific. We can really change people's minds yes. here. He can't be eating those just, sausages. It was just all lettuce. It was like strong, you know, yes. like those big links of sausages and stuff. No, no, no. It'd be much easier for him to squish that sandwich now if it was all just like lettuce and cheese. That's true. To get You're his absolutely mouth. right. Um, more, far more realistic. Yes. So yes. Uh, finally, the show is resurrected. Uh, they do shows like uh, What's New, Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. Casey Kasem comes back for that. Yep. Uh, they do Shaggy and Scooby Get a Clue, where the main villain is based on Dr. Evil from Austin Powers. Wow. I watched a clip. It was terrible. That doesn't sound good at all. It was terrible. Uh, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated started for, in 2010. Okay. Now they've got Matthew Lillard from the live action movies yep. doing the voice of uh, Shaggy. He's basically just Shaggy these days, yeah. by the way. He started in the live action movie they made. And now he's just in the cartoon seemingly forever. Which is awesome. Yes. So let's talk about those live action movies real quick. Yeah. Written by James Gunn of Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy from Troma Pictures. Mm-hmm. So those movies were originally intended to be much more adult. Yeah. They were finally going to address Shaggy's stoner side, whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, and so evidently they, were, they shot a bunch of things. There's th- some still in the movie. Yeah. He meets a girl named Mary Jane. And oh, he goes, boy. Like, That's like my favorite name. <laughs> Something like, which is kind of. All right. Kind of good, kind of lame. It's fine. That's my favorite yeah, name. That seems like something they would say in Scooby-Doo. Yeah. My and they show, they show the mystery machine. Yeah. And there's a bunch of smoke rising out of it. Yeah. And they cut in and he's got a little mini grill in there and he's making burgers. I, I like that. It's kind of cute. I like that. Uh, that movie was uh, intensely critically panned. Mm-hmm. Except people I really said don't they remember liked, it. Uh, Matthew Lillard's performance. That was the he only was great. thing that was I, I really don't remember. But like I remember it being just such like a no-brainer that he was shaggy. It was like, of course this guy's playing shaggy. Yeah. He's like a living cartoon. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, but Linda Cardellini. Yep. Uh, uh, was Sarah Michelle Geller? Yes, Sarah yeah. Michelle Geller was Daphne. Was uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Freddie Fred? Prince Jr. Yeah. was Fred. Uh-huh. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And so uh, they hype it up. Everything is super poppy and colorful. And I think the idea was the contrast was going to be that the show is much more adult. Uh huh. So uh, James Gunn even said last year there exists an R-rated cut of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> they cut that stuff out though. They eventually made a sequel that was even more panned. I don't like R-rated cuts of child things. I I find it uncomfortable. But it wasn't supposed to be a child thing. It was supposed to be for adults. You know what I'm saying? No, but like the show itself was kind of for kids. You know what I mean? It was for kids, the cartoon and everything. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. But it was dead. Like the other thing that you got to remember is like, you know, yes, there were those movies in the 90s. But by the time 2002 or 2000 whatever rolls around and they made this live action thing. 
Scooby-Doo was gone. Not no to me. No kids were watching that. Well, we were. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So, like, I I mean, I'm sure that somebody could do something in a way that's well done, but I, I do not like the genre of, like, person you know as nice childhood person saying the F word so it's crazy. Yeah. Or, like, them having sex or whatever. No, it's, I, it's just like, I, I kind of agree. And but, also, it feels cheap. But when you go that, like, zany mm-hmm. and poppy with your colors and cartoonish with your action, yeah. and there's nothing to ground it, mm-hmm. then it's all just insane and hard to keep track of i'm also pretty sure tony shalhoub is in that movie oh shalhoub's in that movie pretty sure that that adds some weight yeah uh i am kind of interested in rewatching that now that we're talking about it i am i just like scooby-doo i do too i like the concept i think Mm -hmm. i think i think maybe there's still time for it to be done perfectly yeah you know i think nostalgia puts rose-colored glasses on your face more often than not i know a lot of people who really don't like Mm scooby-doo they think it's lame they think it's whatever yeah um i think that that's uh i think one of the things that i'm uh constantly um interested in with scooby-doo is the concept i Mm -hmm. think that somebody is going to one day do something that like absolutely destroys that concept uh maybe that is the zombie island movie what do you mean that destroys the concept i mean like nails it you uh, know what i mean uh yeah uh like they're crushing it yeah, yeah, yeah. destroy it's the best yes gotcha uh, i think zombie island so far may be the best of the best yeah i really want to rewatch that now that sounds so i kind of wish that either casey Kasem or matthew lillard had been the voice of shaggy yeah because his voice is a little distracting right um but what can you do? Casey Kasem came back in some of the more recent cartoons to play characters like Shaggy's dad yeah. and uncle and that's stuff. That's fun. It was really kind of, you know, it's charming. Yeah. It's a little wink. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Here's a, a really odd tidbit. Uh-huh. Frank Welker okay. is the voice of Fred. Okay. From 1969 to today. Damn, go ahead. He never stopped. Wow, Frank. Frank Welker is 72 years old, and he's still doing the voice of Fred. That's also younger than I would have thought. Uh, Scooby-Doo <laughs> was his first role. Oh, I love that. Isn't that kind of sweet. That's great. The only times he did not play Fred were in a pup named Scooby Doo, where Fred was a child, mm-hmm. and in the live action stuff. Anything live action, no Frank Welker, which I would actually like to see. I if they made that. some of those like direct to Disney Channel whatever movies, because there are a couple of those, a couple live action ones of those. Yeah, it was all like you know thirteen year olds and then seventy year old Frank, Frank Welker. Welker. Come on, gang! It's tradition. We'll get them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's tradition. Can anybody loosen my ass, Scott? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, also, uh, Don Messick uh-huh. is the voice actor, original voice actor for Scooby. He was yeah. also the voice of Astro on the Jetsons. Ah. When he quit smoking, he had to stop doing the voice of those dogs because he could not make his voice as scratchy as needed. Oh my God, that's crazy. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. You had to be a smoker to pull that off. That's nuts. I guess. Also, smoking does that much to your voice. Yeah, that you can sound like Scooby-Doo. And that when you, well, also, that when you stop, you can't cre- create that same sound because damage was so much part yeah. of it yeah exactly yeah 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 um uh a couple other small tidbits scooby-doo's real name is scoobert do okay scooby is a nickname shaggy is obviously a nickname his uh-huh. real name norville rogers i did know that mm-hmm. yep he is a, a relative of ours yes uh and then uh last thing i gotta say let's talk about the future of scooby-doo let's they're constantly talking about rebooting the movie i'm hearing 2020 mm-hmm. for a reboot of the movie great um, and there is going to be a new cartoon show now, this new cartoon show, I don't have much information about, mm-hmm. but I am kind of intrigued. Yeah. We talked a little bit ago about the new Scooby-Doo movies where he met people like uh, the Harlem Globetrotters and Batman. Yeah. The new show is going to be called Scooby-Doo and Guess Who? Okay. And each episode is going to team up the gang uh-huh. with a different character or celebrity. So here's a short list of people that are confirmed. This is coming oh, up in really? 2019. Oh, wow. Okay. Coming. Okay. 
Scooby-Doo meets Bill Nye. Okay. Sia. Is this... Are they cartoons? I'm assuming it's a cartoon. Yeah. I hope it's a better yeah. cartoon. Yeah, I would hope so. Ricky Gervais. Okay. Scooby, that is mental. Yeah. Look at that so ghost, is, Scooby, that is mental. This is very much a thing where, like, kids love it, grown-ups can enjoy it. Because right. what kid gives a crap about Ricky Gervais? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I'm a, I'm a young kid. Yeah, no, of course, I William. Like I, <coughs> go on. What? I'm just like a 13 years old young boy. <laughs> uh, Steve Urkel. Uh-huh. Kids could love the funniness of Urkel. They don't know who he is off the bat, but I think that they're going to tickle him. I mean, he's going to tickle them. <laughs> but I bet they're going to tickle him. <laughs> That's weird. Um, does anybody know Urkel anymore? It's Jaleel White playing Urkel. Yeah. Are you kidding me? When's the last time Urkel was on TV? He was on Dancing with the Stars, like not that long ago. As Urkel? Did he do no, suspenders no, stuff? No, no, oh. no, no. But no, I, I, no Jaleel White slash Steve Urkel have been around. Okay, if you say so. He's been about. And Sherlock Holmes. Okay, so it's a like cartoon. the team up we've been waiting for. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, unless this Sherlock Holmes is Benedict Cumberbatch. Still great. Yeah. Still great. Or Robert Downey Jr. Still great. I really haven't seen, I guess, a fictional Sherlock Holmes that I haven't liked. It makes a considerable oh my difference God. to me having, having somebody someone on... upon, who, upon who I can thoroughly rely. <laughs> Food for thought. <laughs> Those are two iconic Sherlock Holmes quotes to me and Will. Absolutely. Uh, and there you have it. That's sort of the the, the hopefully not too long history cool. of Scooby-Doo. One of the uh, most iconic, For sure. longest running uh, horror shows yeah. on television. Yeah. Um, probably one of my like favorite childhood mystery shows. Yeah, I feel a, a rekindled love for it. I definitely want to look up for sure zombie island and witch's ghost yeah and then i should see if it's on um amazon or anything streaming to just watch episodes did you see if it was i did not see okay because ryan see. and i were watching um episodes in the not every morning like we're talking about like before school but like on our days off whatever we watch batman the anime animated series yeah but they just pulled those from for free on amazon because they're putting out that like new remastered yeah, edition or whatever so they like don't want to be able to get it for free yeah. so maybe scooby-doo would be a good replacement for maybe. that we've been missing our cartoon fix maybe that would be fun yeah you know it's got the, it's that charming old style though we're like batman they like those are like legitimate yeah productions scooby-doo still had like it was on a budget you know yeah, like, totally. they, most of the backgrounds were painted and yep. only the heads would move. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. So yeah. it looks weird. Yeah, and they'd repeat the backgrounds when people are running and yes. stuff. You know, yep. so it's got I that like that. charming sort of low production. Yeah, idea to it. Uh, but I, I, I really like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I feel like someday somebody could do a really compelling Scooby Doo Who Done It. I'm sure story. they could. I'm yeah. sure they could. Uh. But yeah, Sweet. there it is. Nice, Boy. Will. Yeah, there you go, Ooh, everybody. Scooby Boy. Scooby Boy. Well, that's it, guys. We're at the end of another show. Thank you so much for listening slash watching. Um, if you want more from us during the week, you can follow us at GTTU Pod on all social all social media, um, where I post like spooky articles and cool memes and stuff that I come across. And we also have a private Facebook group where you can chat to other people who love spooky stuff and talk to Will and I. So that's at um, if you search for Guide to the Unknown podcast in Facebook, you'll find that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, consider backing us on Patreon yep. as well. You can go to patreon.com slash pod or just look us up in the Patreon app. Yeah, we've been doing some different things with Patreon lately. So like we usually, when we record, 
record the podcast, we um, sometimes go a little bit long and we talk to people in the live chat who are watching as we record. So as we mentioned on the show before, we record this show live every Tuesday night, Eastern Standard Time, and we put it on Facebook. And so there are people in a little chat room while we're recording it, even though we don't talk to them as we're recording the show, because it'd be annoying for you to listen to or watch. And you can always check that out. That's every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, facebook.com slash gttupod. Yeah, that's just for whoever. And last week, when we stayed a little bit long in the chat, we ended up cutting that video and placing that on our Patreon page for people who weren't there live on the chat to watch only for Patreon members. And for example, tonight, when we're done recording, we're actually going to hop on over to Patreon and do a Patreon-exclusive after show over there, just talking for a little while. Yeah, it's a little experiment to see if people want that kind of thing, if they're Mm -hmm. interested. Um, We're still considering the Patreon just something to do if you want to support the show. Absolutely. Um, But it would be cool to maybe sometimes do something Mm -hmm. that's a little uh, additional just as a thank you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, check out that Patreon if you're interested, and let us know if you'd want to see something like that. Mm-hmm. If I would, if there was anything that you would want uh, in order to donate on Patreon, yeah, you know, like uh, what kinds of things would you look for from us? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, uh, uh, let us know about that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and uh, once again, go get Claire from Liz Sauer of yes. Ghosts in the Burbs. Yes, uh, obviously so check good. out the podcast, check out the blog, and mm-hmm. for sure. Read this book, Claire. Go get it on Amazon right now. You yeah. are not going to regret it. It is amazing. Yeah. It freaked me out. I don't remember if I said this at the top of the show, but I was reading this mm-hmm. like in the middle of the night, uh-huh. and I got thirsty, and I wanted to go downstairs and get something to drink. Yeah. I was home alone, though. Yeah. I was on a business trip, and I did not go downstairs because the book creeped me out, and I started thinking about scary shadow people lurking in the living room. That is a high compliment. That is a true story. That's awesome. Now, you can take that one of two ways. The book is so scary. Or you're just such a weenie. That's a right. big possibility. You know, one, one of the things they said about Scooby-Doo, one of his defining traits, yeah. was supposed to be that um, he's a big chicken uh-huh. until his friends are in danger. That's right. That's right. Which is very endearing. Isn't it? Yeah. That yeah. seemed like a very like smart character mm-hmm. decision. Yes. It's like, he's scared until he ha- can help someone. He has depth. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's it for us. If you yeah. want to talk to us online, uh, Chris and I are both available. That's right. I'm at Chillin' Kristen on Instagram. I'm at haunted sponge but otherwise we will see you next week Mm -hmm. for another terrifying episode of guide to the unknown that's right wait also in the meantime if you could review the podcast we would super duper appreciate it i'd especially love it if somebody in the u.s would review the show who has not before why because the most recent review Uh that whenever i check it has like a criticism in it and it makes me very self-conscious so i need one more person from the u.s to review the show so i don't see that at the top of the list oh i see okay because it doesn't show us like I always sort by most recent, so I'll see the new stuff. And I and the most recent one has been like something that's kind of like it's not a horrible thing. It's still a good review. Uh-huh. But there's something in it that makes me very self conscious about the way I speak. Ugh, I hate it when people <laughs> leave reviews like that. Well, whatever. It's a review. They got they gotta write what they feel. Yeah, but I but would appreciate it if somebody would write something nice from the US. Because I, I can't, can't see stuff from other countries. I can't imagine writing re- whatever. It's a free it's a free silly show. Yeah. Anyway. I think it's so whatever. Well, I have a lot of feelings about that. I know you do, but we keep it positive here on Guide to the Unknown. Why? No, know. it's mean. Why are you going to say something like that that you know the person's going to see and then it's going to be in their head? I was freaking out for months. Well, then maybe because... you learned a lesson and you changed your behavior and they liked the show better. No, I changed my behavior. It was weird. And I changed my behavior back, if you remember. 
because people were talking about how I used too many affirmative noises saying uh-huh and stuff. Then there were months on the show where I was sitting here trying to be quiet while we was talking. Somebody commented to me that sounds like I've been extra quiet on the show lately. Oh, really? They did? Yes. <laughs> and I was like, well, actually, it's because... And it all got my head too much, and I was like, I can't with this. I can't! So I was, There's always going to be something, though. It's, yeah. all, it's all right. It's all gravy. It's all cool. I just need someone else from the United States to leave a review. I cannot see things from other countries. I need a more recent review that's a little more positive. Please, I implore you. And and even when you see the one that we're calling negative, you're going to realize how delicate we are. But oh, I'm very. It's hard not to put something out <laughs> online and not feel super sensitive and delicate. Of course. So, anyway. It's like our real selves. Okay, anyway. Anyway. But they're reviewing. They're reviewing our real selves. I know. It's true. Okay, anyway. We're going to leave on good vibes, though. Yes. All right? It's nice that yes. we do this and that we have people that do like us. Yes, it so really is. There are a lot of people like us. Yes. It. I genuinely super appreciate it. So thank it, yeah. you all to everybody who likes us, even if there are yes. some things about us that you don't like. We yeah, really appreciate keep it. Keep those under your hat. I'd appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. We'll see you all next week, but we got to go cleanse ourselves in the netherworld. That's right. Back to the netherworld do I cleanse myself. Good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.